Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. There's a button, Laura. <laughs> yeah. whoop, whoop. We're going to have a really big show today. Oh. That's our good friend, Louis Rodriguez, on recording. Uh, he's not here this week. He's got some other things going on, so we just let him leave him to it so we can he can do what he's got to do. He's preparing for a big meal, I believe. So, um, anyhow. Yeah, me too. Uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving is gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good this year. Lots of turkey, I hope. Um <laughs> uh anyway, we know that you're here and you're watching us and you're listening to us, or watching and or listening. And uh we know that you're or subscribed. Both. Yeah, hopefully. Right. Watching and or yes. yeah. Subscribed, uh, you know, the following and uh, you know, you gotta make sure that you like the video and or audio uh, share because sharing is caring. No, nothing on that Sterling. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then comment, 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 comment. Right. Alan, can yeah. you? <laughs> He's, not here. He's also busy. <laughs> he is. You know, things are going on. Uh, and if you happen to be watching uh, us on Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble this week, you'll notice that my dog, Journey, is once again joining us in studio, and she's wearing a very pretty pink dress. So if you're only listening on audio, you are missing out. It is one of the cutest things that you've ever seen in your life. So for nothing else, tune in for that. It's top Sorry. 10. I mean, yeah. <laughs> top, top 10. It's top 10, yeah. <laughs> one of. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> let's get this thing on the road um across from louis empty chair this week we've got the perfect producer stop it <laughs> the man the myth the legend sterling metcalf allen hey hi josh thanks for having me appreciate it thank you for joining us oh, absolutely and next to him the guy who's going to bring the message you love him you know him Don, the golden voice smarter. Thank you so much for having me. Hope you guys are all staying blessed and uh, everybody's doing well. So. Uh, yeah, it, w- it would be nice to be doing well. Yeah. We can get into that later. We are blessed. We are blessed. Blessed we are. There we go. Um, Speaking of being blessed, uh, just before we get off into the message, Don, uh, I have put together a, a little clip of, uh, of something. So recently... Um, good friend of the show and also my good friend. Um, well, good friend of everybody at revolver. Uh, Jeremy Hess, uh, went home to be with the Lord and, um, we put together a little something to, to remember him by. And, uh, sorry that you're having to hear this news this way if you are. Um, but, uh, hopefully this helps patch the wound a little bit. Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Mr. Jeremy Hess. Glad to be here, man. Again, it was fun to be here, even with this guy. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Burn. Turn the we just need more cowbell next time. <laughs> you, got a, you got a fever with that? The only prescription is more cowbell. That's what they say. That's what I say. Yeah. Because I'm Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> yes, the Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> So, so when you get up in the morning, you, you put your pants on like like the rest of us? One leg at a time, except I make gold records. <laughs> <laughs> By the time we leave here, we'll be, what will we be wearing? 
uh, gold-plated diapers. Don't ask. Don't 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 question Bruce Dickinson. Never, never, <laughs> and don't question the cowbell. <laughs> Thank you uh, for sticking with us through that, um, and and hopefully that, like I said, hopefully that patches up a little bit, uh, helps you brighten your day a little bit, seeing talking and laughing again. Um, yeah, it certainly helped me because I I know that I w- he was on four episodes uh, of uh, Faith, Family, and Politics, so make sure you go back and look through if you if you want to go uh, see him again. And he was always a joy to have around. He always made us all laugh. He had really great impressions. Um, just a just a good solid guy. And uh, yeah, I loved him. Loved him like a brother. And uh, but I know that uh, I know that it's not a it's not a goodbye. It's a it's a see you later. So we'll see you later, brother. There you go. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Before I get all choked up and right. start, you know, crying in front of grown men. That's good stuff. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Just need more cowbell. That's, right. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we'll, we'll move into uh, the message you got for us there, Don. Um, Sounds good. Um, so what is that title? Uh, it is The Truth Is Out There, Part 2. Ooh. That's right. That's right. <laughs> a flesh corrupted it's gonna be oh. cool that's all right um yeah i didn't have enough room on the, yeah, the words no, it's got a lot of big. words yeah and you know it is what it is well before we get into our message let's go ahead and pray and then uh and then we'll dive into part two of our of our conversation i'm glad i'm glad that we were able to lull journey off to sleep yes, she's already went to yes. bed she's <laughs> uh down, down for the screen. count at this point <laughs> that's good all right <laughs> <clears throat> Father God, we just thank you so much for uh, this opportunity, Lord God, and these opportunities to be able to share in your word and to uh, do a deep dive, Lord God, into your truth. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for every opportunity we have to be able to uh, reflect uh, the light, Lord God, that that we have living in us through Jesus. And uh, Father God, we ask that your word uh, would plant new seed, Lord God, and that this message would uh, find hearts, Lord God, that need to be softened and need to be turned over to become fertile soil, Lord God, and that you would plant that seed in that heart, uh, Lord God, and that we would see your kingdom grow. Father God, we also lift up uh, the, the state of Israel, Lord God, your chosen people. Uh, Father God, that you would just continue to protect them, continue to guide them, uh, continue to allow them, Lord God, uh, to lead with love, uh, but then to also, Lord God, continue to uh, to confront evil, Lord God, and to confront darkness and to continue to be a light uh, in a world, Lord God, of darkness. And we also ask, Father God, above all things, uh, that your uh, son Jesus uh, would just become uh, a living well uh, of water in their lives, Lord God, that you would just continue to pour out on your people, that they would know you uh, closer than that they've ever known you, that they would know your uh, that your son Jesus uh, came and died on, a cro- on the cross for their sins, Lord God. Uh, we also pray for uh, the people who uh, live in that area, Father God, in Gaza, uh, who aren't uh, Jewish but are seeking you, Lord God, that you would soften their hearts too, that you would change their lives too, Lord God. Uh, we all know 
that the true miracle, Lord God, is that with Jesus in your life, it doesn't matter what your background is, uh, but your foreground, Lord God, is the kingdom. And we just thank you so much that uh, you continue to change hearts and you continue to soften hearts. And Lord, we ask that uh, that there be a people softened in that area, Lord God, and that you would continue uh, to live there and to be uh, resident in their hearts, Lord God. And we thank you for that, Lord. Uh, and Father God, above all things, we thank you for your son, Jesus, that he came and died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sin, that we may have everlasting life in your kingdom. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So, uh, hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us on part two. Um, uh, I think that off camera, one thing that we have discussed a couple of times is just how incredible uh, the background of creation is and that, uh, you know, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of mysteries uh, that continue to be revealed through the word, right? And uh, in part one, we talked a lot about uh, the Nephilim, and we talked about sons of uh, sons of God, and and what those things mean. So I'm just going to do a very quick recap, so that if for some reason you didn't get a chance to join us on episode uh, or on part one, uh, go back and watch go it. Go back and watch that episode. <laughs> but I do want to I want to catch you up. So uh, last time when we talked, uh, just as a recap, uh, we talked about a few different things. We defined a few different things. So in Genesis six. It says, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with, a, with humans forever, for they are mortal, but their days will be 120 years. Uh, so the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. These were the heroes of old and men of renown. So the Lord uh, saw how great the wickedness of, of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the earth from the face of the earth, the human race that I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So previously we discussed uh, what sons of God were. Um, in the book of Job, uh, it says that uh, the Lord uh, stood uh, in his kingdom, with the sons of God, and during that time, Satan walked into their presence, and the Lord asked Satan where he had been. Um, and so uh, these would indicate that uh, the sons of God uh, are of an angelic nature. Um, I think we can all pretty much agree on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's and the reason I ask is because there are a lot of different interpretations, but I feel like when you use context clues, not just in Genesis, but in other books in the Bible, uh, in Job, and then I believe also in Jude, uh, there, there are, um, evidences that show that when, uh, when the Bible specifically is talking about the sons of God, it seems like it is talking about, uh, 
angelic creatures. Otherwise, it uses, you know, the son of man or human mm-hmm. or men or women. Right. Um, so that is pretty, you know, it's pretty clear to me in, uh, in general. Um, so then we have the sons of God marrying the daughters of humans. And from these relationships, we get the Nephilim, and these men of renowned, strong, giant-like creatures that are corrupted and corrupting. Uh, and we see that this species of humanoid lived both before and after the Great Flood. And then we also discuss some of the Nephilim-related uh, related characters, King Og, um, Goliath, these massive warriors bent on destruction of the Lord's people. Uh, so with that review in mind, Let's dig a little deeper on uh, Nephilim and and what the implication is in addition to just talking about these creatures. Um, so, uh, from the beginning of man's time on the earth, Satan, the prince of the world, the prince of lies, uh, has been working on dividing uh, God's creation from God the creator. In the Garden of Eden... He began by corrupting our hearts. Uh, once out of the garden, he continued to work on corrupting uh, by corrupting our flesh. And then after the flood, and even to this day, he continues to corrupt our spirit. Uh, so this is going to be our focus tonight, is um, identifying that. Uh, and there will be some specific points that we'll talk a little bit more in depth about kind of what our theories are on Nephilim and what the what influence they had in general, but I wanted to focus on this point to kind of bring home why it is important to know these things, um, especially in today's day and age, uh, with the things that are being revealed to us. Um, it is important that we understand why these things are happening. So, uh, in Genesis three. 1 through 13, and in 21 through 24, and I do have, I got a ton of scripture, uh, not necessarily like a bunch of different scriptures, but there's a lot here. Um, So definitely I encourage you to read it for yourself. Genesis 3, 1 through 13, and 21 verses 24, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the uh, the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may, eat, uh, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say we must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, uh, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the ser- serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil." When the woman saw that the fruit was on the tree and that it was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. I'm going to pause very quickly on that point. And this is just a very quick sub point. I did not put it in my notes, but um, I do want to identify that if you're ever questioning why Adam and Eve decided to immediately, once their eyes were open to what was good and what was evil, uh, why they immediately put on clothing, uh, 
is because they are immediately in shame. And shame is an indicator of sin. When you feel shame, it is not only that you're identifying that sin, but it's also that the enemy is using that sin to put weight on you. When you have the weight of shame on you, you immediately want to hide. And that's exactly what that's exactly what their reaction is. Is we're naked, we are shameful, we have sinned against God, we no longer have confidence in who we are as God's creation. So now we have to hide. <clears throat> that's just a very quick sub point for you. Um, as we say, I mean, I'll go along with that. Also, the them gaining the knowledge. I mean, knowledge is is a burden. Fact. Like once <laughs> you get, fact. it is a burden to carry. And yep. yeah, and the only way to uh, help help you carry that load is to then share it. Yeah, yeah, and that is true. Yeah, that is true. And I I definitely will get into that a little bit more here in just a second goes, too. I think it goes back with like bear with one another. That's it. Yep. That's right. That's right. Bearing each other's burdens. Oh, he has had the question of how did he know? How did Satan know what it was going to do? What the tree of <clears throat> eh? well. That goes to the question I asked before we started recording mm-hmm. is when do you think he was present on the earth? Yeah. yeah. Um, fun uh, fun topic for a later discussion. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then the man and his wife, one. right? <laughs> then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord uh, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Because, like, he doesn't know. <laughs> Uh, he answered, uh, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I can, uh, commanded you not to eat from? And then the man said, I love this. Golly, <laughs> come on, guys. Uh, the woman that you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit of the tree, and I ate it. What's interesting about that, though, is... No self-accountability. <laughs> no One, no self-accountability, and except for the fact that he admits that he did it. And two, he blames God for putting her, who was mm. also tempted, into the garden with him. Man. <laughs> I'm just... Yeah, yeah. Uh, the woman said... And this is, this is what's great. He blames her. The woman immediately blames the actual source. The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate it. Interesting. Yeah. This pepper's got spice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so skipping down to Genesis 3.21, it says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. That's a big point right there. Huge. Yeah. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So we see that from the beginning of our time on this earth, Satan has had an agenda to separate us from our Lord. We were literally walking in the garden with the full-on God creator in the garden. 
But now we can't because we have sinned and God cannot look on sin. Right. So, and then he used those uh, angels to uh, build a wall, a big, beautiful wall. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, it makes me think, my husband would be all over the place. Is it, He did the same thing. Satan did the same thing to Adam and Eve that Satan did to God. Is direct, in, in my opinion, direct correlation. So like Satan somehow convinced a third of the angels to fall. Satan then also convinced Adam and Eve to fall. I'll get to that at the end. <laughs> my bad. My bad. No, it's good. It's good. I'm glad I shared all of my notes with you guys before we started this conversation. Um, so, humans st- thinking narratives. It's kind that's of a, right. Yeah. So, step number one: Satan has now corrupted the heart of man. Right. He begins by corrupting the heart of man, deceiving us into thinking that the knowledge that the Lord carried was something to be desirable, attainable, and understandable. In all actuality, what we find is that when we accept Jesus into our lives, all of that worldly knowledge that we've been obtaining in whatever our time is on this earth uh, really doesn't make sense when we're using Jesus as the lens in which we see everything else. The truth of knowledge becomes corrupted when we look away from the knowledge maker. Mm. Boom. It goes back to um, Sterling and I locked eyes on that too when he said that the lens that uh, Jesus's lens because that we're talking about like looking through the God lens. Yeah, man. For everything, not not putting God on a list. That's but it. That's it. At, it. You know, because God can be a better. Well, he's our focus, right? Husband so to my wife than I can. When you're when you're using a magnifying glass, you're not looking at everything around the magnifying glass. What are you doing? You're looking through the lens because what you want to see is whatever this object is here in the middle magnified to its greatest, right? When we're using Jesus as our lens, when we're using our God lens to see things, we're going to see them in a different light. You're going to have an argument with a friend, but if you're using your God lens, you're going to look at that argument and you're going to say, you know what? Not only was I in the wrong, but I need to forgive him and pray that he forgives me. Right? When we are serving each other, when we are... um loving our neighbor as we love ourselves, right? Then the true showing of that is when we're doing the opposite of what the world would expect us to do in that situation. Yeah. Right? So we're we are we are coming to those relationships uh understanding, you know, with a I think I think the phrase is with a contrite heart, right? Yeah. Knowing what our knowing what our sin is and then having a repentant heart by turning away from it, right? So, number one, Satan has corrupted our heart, right? Number two, uh, now after we're banished from the garden, uh, we see man traversing the wilderness. Uh, Seth finds his wife. Uh, if you know the story of, you know, Cain and Abel, Cain slays his brother. God says, where's your brother? Cain says, I don't even know. I'm not my brother's keeper. Yep. God says, even his blood from the ground cries out to me. And he uh, puts a symbol on Cain um, so that Cain doesn't get slain, he curses him, sends him out into the land. And then that's Seth, such a, a guilty young man's answer too. like, uh, I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this brother that you put here with me. <laughs> you guys were the same. Yeah. 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 Like mm-hmm. father, like son. Yeah. Did Cain not know who he was talking to? Yeah. Oh, of course he did. Why would you? Why would you? I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Again. You think he's adolescence, yeah. right? Like or, or what we would consider adolescence now. The pride or, thing or something. The, That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So uh, <clears throat> Seth finds a wife. He begins to uh, go out and be fruitful and multiply, right? So the pure line of Adam is being fulfilled. Uh, however, by the time we get to Genesis 6, that is two chapters. From Genesis 4 to Genesis 6, uh, we learn that the only righteous man is Noah. Uh, we also learn a lot about the world. So uh, in Genesis 6, it says the Nephilim were on the earth in those days uh, and also afterwards. When the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children with them, uh, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of human of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at all times. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race that I have created, and with them the animals, birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people, of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. Uh, sorry, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it. Encode it with pitch inside and out. This is how you will build it. The ark uh, will be 3,000 cubits. It'll have a roof. Uh, let's see. Opening one cubit high and around. Put a door on the side. Bring two of every animal. Uh, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. And Noah did everything everything just as God commanded. So this is a man who is following the commands of God, who is coming to God, hearing God call to him, and is responding by doing exactly what the Lord is telling him to do. Uh, In other translations, and I just used mainly the NIV translation, but in other translations, I really like it. If you read it in uh, the... um, tree of life version or the new american standard bible it says that the flesh of man had become corrupted uh Mm. and 
I find that to be a very interesting distinction. The flesh of man had been corrupted. So now that Satan and his forces, the sons of God that have fallen from heaven, because they forgot their station and their place in the heavenly realms, are coming together with the beautiful daughters of man, and they're having children with them. There are a couple of reasons why this is significant, as you can imagine. One, as the daughters as the daughters of man and the sons of God continue to be corrupted in their flesh by these Nephilim and these sons of God, we see that they are continuing to fall deeper and deeper into moral darkness. They're turning further and further away from God, and their hearts are completely turned away from the truth and the knowledge of God for fleshly desires. And to have a physical connection with these creatures that they determine to be deific in nature. By the way, in my opinion, this is also why we have so many polytheistic faiths. In every continent, every corner of the earth, at this point, everyone has turned their heart away from God. Whether it is to follow these sons of God that they look at as Thor, Zeus, Ganesh, whatever it is, or just turning away from God to seek their fleshly desires. At this point, not only have they been corrupted in their hearts because of that first sin in the garden, but because of the influence of Satan and his followers, they have now also been corrupted by flesh. There's, you know, Noah and his sons, Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives are like the only eight people that are left that have not corrupted themselves in the flesh. So the second, in order for, and this I feel like is the greater point of this, in order for the Lord's plan of sending his Messiah, the son of the woman, that will crush the head of the serpent, he has to establish a pure line of genealogy leading back to the root of creation with Adam and Eve. Well, with every man and every woman was corrupting in their flesh, through having sexual relations with these spiritual creatures and with the hybrid creatures created from the offspring of these spiritual creatures, then there isn't a pure line to produce a Messiah from. Hmm. Because it has completely corrupted the genetics of that pool. Regardless where it's at, it is not a straight line from Mary back to Adam, which we learn about in the book of Matthew, and we learn about it in Chronicles, and we learn about it in First uh, and Second Samuel when they go through all those Old Testament books where they just talk about names after names after names, and the New Testament books where they go back into some of those names. And yeah, and if you have a corruption of this line through these Nephilim, then now you all of a sudden have a deviation, right? Um, so Noah doesn't realize it, but when he gets his calling to craft the ark. Uh, he's not just saving his family and the creatures that are still pure, but he is assisting the Lord in establishing the line that Jesus will eventually derive from. So Noah's actions solidify that the flesh of man, God's creation, will continue to be a clean, uncorrupted line that the Lamb of God will descend from. So two interesting side notes, uh, and this I actually put in here. Uh, one, I also believe when we're talking about polytheism, 
right? We're talking about gods of, of different kinds in different places. Uh, if yeah. you look at the Egyptian pantheon, most of the Egyptian pantheon are these hybrid creatures that are part human and part animal. Uh, yeah, usually that, bird-like or can fly or right, something. Right, yeah, yeah. right. Like Ra, which is like their sun god, he is like part falcon and then part man. Um, uh, I can't remember. Ethtoth, I think, is one. Or Toth, Toth. sorry. Yeah, Toth. 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 Uh, it's, like a, it's like a crocodile, uh, part crocodile. So uh, what's interesting about this is um uh I feel like with the Egyptian pantheon uh it could very well have been true hybrid creatures that these sons of god also procreated with other creation and thus were able to manifest or create these things or if human humanity had been kind of twisted into these different things. Make, make Crimea of the day. Yeah. Well, it makes um, sense, because you specifically said not only is it going to wipe out man, but all the but beasts. But also the beasts. Yes. Like, well, what did they do? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I could follow. Um, so what's also interesting about this is if you don't, if you're, if you're God and you don't wipe out all of the corrupt flesh, animal and man, right, then... Eventually, when the Mosaic Law comes around and you have a sacrificial system, the blood that is that comes from that sacrifice is the atoning blood of that sacrifice. In Leviticus, it talks about how the power of life is in the blood, right? And that it, it traces all the way back to that. So when you talk about what you know, when if you ask the question of why are we killing all these animals, well, if you if you have deviations in the genetics of these animals. You don't have pure animals to use. Like, if you think about, um, uh, and I'm kind of going off of a tangent, and so I'll try and bring it back in real quick, but when you think about the Passover feast, it was uh, it was required that you would find a, uh, for the first Passover in Egypt, that they would find a perfect lamb with no blemishes that they would then kill and take the blood with the hyssop branch, and they would spread the blood across the cross beams of the door, which coincidentally also coincides with the construction of a crucifix. Just so you know, again, conversation for a different time. <laughs> but that being said, so you have to, in order to atone for your sins, you have to have a clean, pure animal. In order to have a clean, pure animal, you can't have corruption in its genealogy, mm -hmm. right? Anyway, two, in the previous reading of Genesis 6, it says that God numbers the years of man. Oh, I love this. I love this. I actually just learned about this today. So uh, this is so cool. Uh, in the previous reading of Genesis 6, it says that God numbers the years of man for what? 120 years, right? So a lot of people may use that and say, oh, well, the word of God isn't true because it says in Genesis that man can only live 120 years. But my grandmother lived to be 126, so obviously the things in the Bible can't be true. However, when the Lord passes that information to us, it is also at the same time he is calling Noah to build the ark. And what happens in 120 years after he calls Noah? The flood. 
So he is literally given timer. man a timer yep. to say, I'm going to limit man's life to 120 years and basically looks at Noah and says, you got 120 years. It's a big egg timer. Yeah, yeah. But when you're building a boat, <laughs> when, when boats, when, you know, I can imagine this guy probably was not a shipwright. He probably didn't build boats for a living. And especially when you're talking about a boat that's like 500 feet long. Like, yeah, I could see how it could take you 120 years to build a boat that big. Not only that, but then also to, like, parade these animals in, like the Barnum and Bailey Circus, mm-hmm. you know, into <laughs> your huge boat. Zoo. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, and, and have them living harmoniously. Right, absolutely. Not trying Which to just eat I, each other. No, but I, you know what's funny is I did think about that. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. I did think about that a little bit, too, when I was writing this. And how I, I started thinking about how when Daniel uh, goes into the lion's den and how the angels shut the mouths of the hungry lions. And I was like, I wonder if that was also an element in this. Not necessarily that they didn't have food. Like Noah is called to get food for them to all eat and to keep them alive. But then I also wonder if their natural tendencies were subdued mm. through the power of God in that ark so that they weren't lashing out with one another. You didn't have lions running over here to try and kill a giraffe 50 feet away or something like that. So They all eat plants, too. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. Well, and the the the, the, the burden of just being, having to feed that many animals, yeah. too, so that, I mean, <laughs> I mean... I, I spent a little bit of time on a farm. I was like, just, just, chore, just the chores of feeding a few animals, that yeah. that can be your morning. Yeah. But like feeding all the animals. They had not long some days back then. All. <laughs> right. <laughs> on, right. And how, how long you see the boat was? Uh, and so. Over five, I think over, or just about like 480 feet or about 500 feet, I think is what they estimate. So, I mean, yeah. they say in that song, it's a big, big boat. It's so. a big, big boat. <laughs> it's a big, big boat. Yeah, so yeah, just imagine trying to feed all the animals. He had to have some kind of uh, like Doc Brown contraptions going on or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just the boat's just a TARDIS, so it's actually bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Just a big blue boat makes sense. <laughs> blue boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah everything's yeah. automated on the inside. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, so um, <laughs> so we also know that after the flood, right? As it says in uh, chapter six, that Nephilim existed. Before and after the flood. Now we don't know why. Yeah. Right. We're not sure. We can theorize, uh, but that's all they would be is theories and questions. Doesn't say. Um, it doesn't say. Uh, but um, what we do know is that after the flood subsides, um, Noah and his family begin again to uh, be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. right, on the earth. Uh, and then you have like the. Tower Babel and all of those things happen after that, uh, which is kind of a cool story too. But so third point. So we've got a corruption of our heart. We've got a corruption of our flesh. Thank you, Journey. <laughs> She's just over there just grumbling quite like, a bit. Come on now. Uh, so after the flood, Nephilim are still walking the earth. Uh, again, we don't specifically know why or how, but that isn't important after the flood. Mm. It's not. Because they're not, there might be some corruption there, but it's not as widespread, right? Probably because Noah had the knowledge that he passed down as well. Yeah. Like, I could imagine that is probably true. Um, so, people 
are traveling to all corners of the earth, they begin to set up their own pockets of civilization. However, Satan and his agents are still influencing man. He has corrupted our hearts in the Garden of Eden. He's corrupted our flesh with the abominations of creation like the Nephilim, the Rephaim, the Zuzim, and the Imim, all races of giants. And as his third act, he corrupts us on a spiritual level. In both the Old Testament and New Testament, we find many stories of the spiritual nature of men and women being influenced and corrupted. So during King David's time as a boy or as a soldier, he's not necessarily a boy, but as a teenager, when he's a soldier in King Saul's army, if you're familiar with that story, uh, King Saul is constantly plagued by this spirit of hostility, especially towards David, because mm -hmm. Saul knows that David is actually God's chosen king. And it infuriates him. However, what is interesting is that uh, one of David's gifts, one of his talents, one of the things that he is very good at is his music. And it says that David... Saul would request David to come in and play the lyre and to play music, and when he played that music, it would soothe his spirit. It would calm him down. But then, of course, you know, a day or two later, he'd be flying off the handle. There's multiple times when he tries to kill David literally in the front room with a spear. You know, uh, he, he even threatens his own son, Jonathan. He says, I will pin you to the wall if you don't come back here with David. Um, and so that is a man that is struggling with a spiritual problem. Um, when you think about Elijah and the prophets of Baal, mm. those people were harming themselves. Why were they harming themselves? They were harming themselves because they felt like, on a spiritual sense, they were closer to their deity, their God, when they were shedding their own blood, whether it was because they were on some sort of, like, low blood sugar trip or whatever. <laughs> I mean, whatever it was, you know, whatever the reason might have been. Um, that blood sacrifice. Yes, they, they, they were mutilating their own bodies so that they could appease this spiritual connection. Oh, I got journey all over the place um, <laughs> to appease this um, spiritual connection that they that they were seeking mm. right so they are corrupted um, and even as you read through even as you read through the stories of the kings of of Judea and Israel that they're constantly corrupted by this spiritual warfare setting up Asher poles on high places setting up altars to Baal in high places sometimes converting the temple of God into uh, a heretic temple of some other deity. Mm. All of these different spiritual warfares that they are constantly going through, right? And then, to top that off, during Jesus' time on earth, uh, he encounters so many demonic spirits just in his ministry time, and he was only in ministry for three years. Yeah. But there's multiple stories. Uh, he calls out a legion of demons from uh, the man who's just a wild man. Mm -hmm. uh, he sends them into pigs. The pigs run into drown. the water and, and drown. Um, you know, he uh, he actually, um, uh, as opposed to some 
older, uh, if you will, interpretations or folklore, uh, Mary Magdalene starts following him because he uh, banishes a demonic spirit from her. Like, and that's where their connection was, um, was that he helped her get through that struggle, right? And then um, even, he's even challenged by the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and his own apostles. Um, they all deal with spiritual corruption at some point. So in, uh, as an example, in Mark 8, verses 31 through 33, it says, He then began to teach them, that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and he began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and he looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. But what does he say? He says, get behind me, Satan. He said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. He doesn't look at him, and he doesn't call him Peter. He doesn't call him Simon. He says, get behind me, Satan. That is spiritual warfare. That is spiritual corruption, and that is something that we all deal with. This is Peter who's walking with Jesus. This is the same Peter that professes that Jesus is the Son of God mm -hmm. in a back alley when they're just having a candid private conversation. The same Peter that jumped out of a boat to walk on water towards Jesus. Well, the attempt was made. I mean, he got a couple of steps yeah. in. And then he and then he what? Same. He lost his focus. Yep. He it's lost his focus. Glass. Yeah. Dropped it. Yeah. So again, we see the evidence of Satan attempting to corrupt even the spirit of man. Even in the modern day, we have evidence of this. If we look at the things going on right now in Israel, it is just continued evidence that Satan will never stop corrupting the creations of God. I wholeheartedly believe that the paths of corruption that Satan chose are in direct reflection and rebellion to the triune God himself. God the Father, who made us in his likeness. God the Son, Jesus, who is the fleshly blueprint of man. And God the Spirit, in whom we find our counselor, our gifts, and our callings. But the incredible news is this, that we have hope. We have hope in the Lord Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and 24, Paul says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it, and he has done it. If you find that you're being tormented in your flesh, your heart, or your spirit, you can find relief in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you accept him as the redemption of your sins and you accept him as the Son of God and the Lord of your life, you will also find a completeness in him. It is not easy. The Lord promises that we will have persecution. If there's one thing that he promises, 
He says, you will be persecuted, but why? You will be persecuted because I was persecuted. I was persecuted by the world, but what does he say then? I have overcome the world. And so when we think about the corruption that we have gone through physically, right, the corruption of our hearts in the garden, the corruption of our bodies with these agents uh, that had fallen out of grace with the Lord and who are trying to do, to uh, continue to sow division into our lives away from our Creator. When we think about the spiritual warfare that we have, I mean, even as Christians, even as people who have accepted Christ in our life, we're still tempted, right? That is still spiritual warfare. Paul talks about it in Ephesians that we do not war against flesh and blood, right, but against spiritual things, against powers and principalities that we can't even see and understand. You know, when we, I was just talking to somebody the other day about this. When we play games with spirits, when we play games with channeling different things, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. There's a story from the, I'm trying to remember when it was. It was the Six-Day War. Um, uh, I think that's called the Yom Kippur War. I think it's what that's called. But there's a story of Israeli soldiers being hunkered down into this area where they were just surrounded by Arab soldiers. And for all intents and purposes, these Israeli soldiers should have died. But there are, there are still Arabs to this day that would talk about how when the reason that they ran from battle is because when they came up on that battle, all they saw was a, an army of angels surrounding these troops. These are spiritual things that we know nothing about. And for us to attempt to even try and understand it is folly. But, again, because we have Jesus, it's not something that we have to worry about understanding now. Because the incredible thing is that with Jesus in your life, you have eternal life. And that is something that we will not only understand, but that we will get to see face to face that we will be in the courts of the Lord, and that we will see the angels, we will see them singing, we will be singing with them, and it's going to be incredible. So I would just continue to let that linger on your heart about just seeking the Lord. When you feel like you're being spiritually manipulated, right, or if you feel like there is something coming over you that is corrupting your flesh or corrupting your heart, you can always turn to the Lord, even if you, I mean, honestly, even if you haven't really made a salvation decision for the Lord, there are stories of people throughout the Bible that called upon the power of the Lord, that saw the power of the Lord, and yet they still were not mm. people who followed the Lord, but that he will show up, and he will show out, because he is a faithful God, so. That he is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like a, <clears throat> an awareness versus ignorance kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's part two. 
<laughs> the truth is the out truth there. The truth is out there. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still trying to shape what part three is going to be, but I think it's going to start getting into some cool slash a little bit of weird stuff. Yeah. So I'm down. Yeah, well, so far. We yeah. like weird. Very informative. Yeah. So yeah. it's good. <laughs> a lot of a lot of branching paths. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. absolutely. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, and that's the word, <laughs> hold right? On, just hold on. That's, that's the excitement. word. That's the word. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've read about Noah's story. I mean, growing up as a kid, you hear about the, you know, the flood and, and all that stuff. But it's like when you start putting pieces together, um, you start, I mean, as silly as it is, when you start looking at things like ancient aliens, TV shows and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Ancient astronaut theorists say yes. Yeah. They always say yes. Yeah. But I, what's <laughs> in, what's interesting is like even if you're not talking about aliens, if all you're doing is understanding and using a discerning eye to say why is it that every continent has pyramids on it? Mm-hmm. Why is it that we have similar hieroglyphic characters from one culture to another culture? They are different, but they lean heavy on similarities, you know? Like it's you know I'm just saying like there is there is more out there than what we really understand. Yeah, there's also when you go with those like uh, drawings and things like that, you see a lot of this all over the world. Cave you see drawings, cave drawings that, yeah. that, that look very similar things. There's also yeah. like uh, in in lore, if you want to call it that, uh, all, all over the world they have like a dragon or some kind of lizard mm. type great beast. One hundred percent, dude. Winged. One hundred percent. I can't wait to get to that. Yeah. Cannot wait. I mean, because the word, I mean, just to just to reveal all my cards, I mean, in Revelation, it talks about the great dragon. It talks about it talks about Satan pursuing Mary before Jesus is born mm-hmm. so that he can try and thwart him even being born mm-hmm. into this world because that is our grafting in, right? That is our ultimate atonement. Yeah. That once you have accepted Jesus into your life, then the power of Satan holds nothing over you. Yes, you're tempted, but you're not a sinner anymore. You ha- you are a saint. You know, you are classified as a saint. And so, yeah, man. Saving grace. That's it. That's it. When you talk about all the other paths that you can take and not messing with the spiritual realm in particular, I can say this because, I mean, obviously we can go down. We'll talk about the corruption of, of man's heart uh, for the last 30 minutes of this show, but because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's definitely in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. The politics. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, young kids trying to fill their God shaped hole in their heart for lack of a better term, yeah. uh, term. with a Ouija board or yeah. going out and fi- trying to find, and, and I was guilty of this too in a younger age, trying to like, Oh, let's look for the ghosts. Let's, uh, let's, uh, dude, I'm <laughs> telling you, Let's mess with this stuff, you know, and you don't mess with this stuff. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. You don't mess with this stuff. Because you don't understand. It's not, it's not, we're not playing games with Casper here. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, these are not. We're not, we're not fighting a war of, of flesh. Yeah. I, you know, I, I get fascinated sometimes with people like on YouTube and stuff like that. And they'll do like a ghost hunting video and stuff. And. I mean, a lot of it, like, especially if you watch, like, the older stuff from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of that stuff is, like, 
special effects or it's rigged or it's whatever. But there are some... Yeah, some fishing some, rod and reel off yeah, screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are some real places with some real darkness. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, man, I'm telling you, I have watched some videos of people who are like, oh, I'm going to go sit in this room for 15 minutes all by myself. It's like, okay, cool. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? Yeah, because when you... Here's the thing. When... You know, if you think that a lot of this stuff is just kind of like wooji mysticism, let's just take a real life example, okay? When Jesus is sitting at the table with his disciples at the Last Supper, what does it say? So he's sitting like there's like a a lot of people don't realize this. There's like a hundred people in that room. That's a bit. It's a big room. It's a big room, but he, he's yeah, it's not like the table. painting where they're all on one side of the yeah, table. Exactly. Like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. And the table would have been a big, like probably either round or like a big rectangular table. Uh, and it would it have been like they're super in a pizza, hut, an old school pizza hut. Absolutely. That, uh, old <laughs> Absolutely. <painting>. But a <laughs> pizza hut where the tables are only about 12 inches off the ground yeah. because you're lying on a bit and you're lying on cushions and pillows because part of the Passover um, celebration is that you're reclining. You're reclining at dinner. Uh, and typically you sat on the floor in a lot of those customs. It wasn't, but unless you were like super rich, mm-hmm. typically you're not sitting in big, tall chairs like what we have now, right? You're mostly, it actually, as a matter of fact, probably one of the better comparisons would be like Asian culture, yeah. like especially like Japanese yeah, yeah. Uh, culture and stuff where a lot of the times they would sit on the floor and they would share their their meals together and stuff. Like Very similar. or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think they're lounging there. They would have been like probably a lot of pillow type things. Yeah, where they big, just kinda big cushions and big pillows and stuff like on that. Because, I mean, that's still that's still very common in the yeah. Middle East. Uh, 100%. 100%. But, uh, and there's a reason for that. It's just something that has culturally been, you know, a yeah. mainstay, yeah. you know. Uh, but in... Although I don't think that they were probably eating pizza, just to clarify. <laughs> well... Oi, the lactose. Yeah. I mean, they would have had, had matzo. <laughs> They would have had matzah, right, which is a a very thin cracker, crust-like cracker. And then during the (laughs) Passover dinner, you put uh, charotzet on it, which is um, uh, a mixture of, like, nuts and honey and apples. So it's kind of like dessert pizza. Uh, You know, similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Before you do that, you actually take that and you dip it into some horseradish. And, yeah, you know, that's not nearly as fun, but... That sounds oh. delicious. Yeah. No, yeah. That, if you guys all those different Passover dinner, let me know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. Let's do it. When do I sign yeah. up? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love horseradish. I think it's in, I've never been. It's at the end of March. I'll just follow yeah. you around. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> um, anyway, so in that story, when you're uh, sitting here looking at Jesus and his apostles and the disciples that are in the room, it says the spirit of Satan entered into, entered into Judas yeah. Before he left to go and sell Jesus to the Pharisees, right? That that he is consumed by the spirit of Satan, which is what pushes him forward in that agenda. I mean, this is a dude yeah. that has walked with Jesus yeah. for th- three-ish years, you know, arguably three years. Yeah. Knows him intimately. During the time that he's there, he... he <laughs> So Mary, Lazarus's sister, uh, is the one in the Bible who pours out the perfume on him and cries on his feet and washes his yeah. feet with her tears, right? And it's Judas that gets mad at her 
because he's like, well, we could have sold that and given that money to the poor. But really, in his heart, he's stealing money from their, from their pouch the whole time. It's like, so when you think about, this is a guy that was walking in the closeness of Jesus physically in the same room with this man. You know what is what is interesting about that painting, though? If we yeah. may touch back on it. The painting where they're all on the one side of the table. Yeah. He's the only one that's not leaning towards Jesus. That's true. He's the and, only one leaning away. And what does he have in his hand? Uh, he has a pouch. He has a pouch? He has a pouch. In, in the original in the original Last Supper, mm. he is holding right. a pouch. Well, I know for, for years, my, my grandmother had a, a, a tapestry. Uh-huh. That she hung over the back of behind her, yep. her couch in her living room. Yep. So I remember seeing that tapestry for many, many years. I think my cousin yep. has it now, but yeah. I, remember, I just remember like, because I, I, I visited grandma on the weekends. That's what I did sure. growing up. Uh, I think that's what we all did yeah. growing up. Yeah, me and Alan. Uh, for No. <laughs> Sterling's like, my grandparents uh, hate me. No. <laughs> no, I just didn't. This opportunity wasn't oh, okay. a relationship. We weren't close. I feel but, you. But yeah, that's, that's, that's something uh, me and Alan all probably all, all did. Uh, Alan? <laughs> do you want some grandparents? I can probably find some for you. I have some. I need to, I need to get, I need to do better. Oh, okay. So it's you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was young, so I didn't oh, know no, whether cool. my mom sent me there or not. After that, when I could make my own choices, it just, yeah. we didn't have that relationship. Yeah, so I absolutely. Didn't, it wasn't a priority, and it should have been. Sure. Yeah, it's tough. That's yeah. tough. Yeah, it is. But back to me. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry, keep keep talking, Josh. <laughs> Sorry, Sterling. Uh, it was like, it was like it was week in week out. Like, and I, I laid on a, I slept on a couch, and the couch right behind the couch was that tapestry. So I, yeah, I remember looking at it a lot and just like really thinking about like, why are they all on one side of the table? I don't understand. Like, yeah. Are they in a buffet line? I mean, that would have been pretty nice, but <laughs> right. <laughs> there's a lot of like, questions you ask as a kid, yeah, you know. Do. Right. I wonder who the photographer was. And like, <laughs> great. <question>. Well, <laughs> and another question that came in my mind. Because I was a little boy, was like, man, what if one of them rips one? Like, right, yeah, <laughs> like, and how? And I like carries through the room. <laughs> I want to ask one of the apostles, be like, you know, so did Jesus' farts really like smell bad? Oh. Like, did you know? <laughs> it was all natural you know, back then, so probably not. I was gonna say like it's. I was I, funny enough. I was just talking to a friend of mine at work the other day, and she was talking about her son. Um, uh, and we were talking about like uh, food dyes and GMOs and stuff like that. And I said, you know, it's interesting. And I'm not educated on this. So, uh, but I said, GMOs didn't exist a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. You didn't have celiac, at least not as prevalent as it is because gluten wasn't a thing. Yeah. Because they, 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 that, that, that came in because of Macinto. Yeah. I was like, and somebody had told me that, and then we were talking about it, and I just brought it up. I was like, yeah, like 100 years, like when our parents or when our grandparents, you know, you always hear them like, well, when I was a kid, my, I didn't know anybody who had gluten allergies. Like, well, right, because <laughs> it didn't exist. Like, it, gluten yeah. was just not a thing. Like, if you go to other countries where, they, yeah. where they're making, they have, you have bread and noodles and all that yeah. stuff, everything that ha- would, would have gluten here, yeah. doesn't have gluten. It's there. all whole wheat. Because it's they don't. It's gluten yeah. They're also not held down to uh, having to do use macinto uh, uh, wheat seeds. Yeah. So because they're not, they're not held by that corporation yeah. stranglehold it into that. They can, yeah. you know, they can do it. Be yeah. all natural. Yeah. But I just, I was just thinking like, I don't know. This is one of the thoughts that ran through my head. Like, yeah. you know, 
Jesus in there, like ripping one potentially. Yeah, that's like, but yeah, as, as when he does that, and he just looks looks at the disciples. Peter, I bet Peter was that guy. Peter <laughs> is such a loud mouth that I feel like he's that guy who's just unapologetically just crop dusting the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you cannot get out of this boat fast enough. Just walk out there, <laughs> you stinky fisherman. <laughs> well, I'd imagine like. He's, he was like, you know, he squeaks one out and then he just looks around at it. Cause you know, he's a, like, uh-huh. I understand he's a jokester and stuff. And then he just looks at him and say, Hey, you guys smell popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Oh yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. Oh, oh that doesn't Jesus. Smell like the Holy Come on, spirit. man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, shoo. <laughs> Come be baptized. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Speaking of smells, what do you think John the Baptist smelled like? Couldn't have been good. I mean, he was a wilderness guy. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he was in the cam- bush. He wore camel camel skin. Oh, Esau, right? That's uh, He was a hunter, too, so he smelled like the outdoors. It specifically yeah. says that. Yeah. Probably smelled, I don't know, probably smelled I bet good. he probably didn't stink too bad. Yeah. I think at some point, you just kind of like, uh, he just dirt. smells well, like not, a dirt. Not guy. exactly a whole lot of pine there so to, yeah, to, to sweeten up the smell. So Cedar. Well, yeah, cedar wouldn't have been bad, I guess. Yeah. That'd nature, probably good to smell. Good anyway. Yeah, it's true. Take some olive. Maybe been different too. Maybe often. Um, well, a lot of smell or like body odor, or whatever, is created by the things that you eat and drink as well. That's so true. It may have been cleaner, so maybe it wasn't. That is true. I mean, or, what the only thing he ate was what, like honey and locusts, or something like that. Mm. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah that's really interesting <laughs> to think about. Like, now I'm going to think. Talk about. Going through a looking glass or <laughs> yeah, right. a rabbit hole. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, that's a rabbit hole right there. Everything's corrupted. I'm just saying. Yeah. Why not the food, too? Yeah. But there, there had to have been a higher, t- if if they did, in fact, have like a heavy, BO, it probably was a higher tolerance for that, but like a, what we call nose blind. Oh, so it was yeah. like those, those, yeah. uh, just once so, everybody so smells that way, yeah. it's just like, man. Yeah, everybody stinks. So nobody stinks, right? It's like, oh. yeah, it's like, <laughs> yes, 100%. My <laughs> wife and I are big board gamers. And oh, I thought you were going to say you. something else. I was like, <laughs> big on stink. Oh, no. But we, so my wife and I are big board gamers, and we used to frequent um, a friendly local game store that uh, <laughs> a friend of ours owned. Uh, and we would be there multiple times during the week, but specifically we would go on Saturday nights um, and uh, hang out, play games and stuff like that until like for, for, a, for a good long time until the wee hours of the morning. Um, and uh, we were not a part of, a, we were not active in the church at all. Um, and so we were like, yeah, we can stay out until three in the morning on a Saturday night, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, not a good idea. <laughs> at any point, whether you're going to church or not, I'm just saying that is not a good idea. Uh, but I tell you what, man, you never forget the smell of a game store on Saturday night at seven o'clock when there have been stinky little teenagers running around with no deodorant on. It just. Heat and bo man, and no <laughs> self awareness of it either. There's yeah. like, just like yeah, and and it's what's funny is because I have not been a frequenter of uh, those friendly local game stores on a regular basis. When I do walk into them, man, it hits you like a hot towel right in the face. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm like whoo, all right, yep, I didn't didn't miss this. Yeah. No, local locker room. Yeah. It, <laughs> I bet John probably smelled the best. Yeah. No. John the Revelator. Oh, John the Revelator? 
Why? Why do you think so? Because he's always like chumming it up with like his brother and like Simon Peter and like Jesus. Like they're the the four of them are always just like hanging out and chumming up. Like I feel like John would be the kind of guy to be like, my do I smell okay? You know, like <laughs> oh, let me go take a bath. Self aware, <laughs> yeah, well, just being, very self aware. Being by yeah. Jesus, he may may just purify everything. Yeah, I'm just that's saying. true. He's just in that yeah, it could be. He could have been really, really mindful, but like, oh, it's time to take that monthly bathe, right? Yeah. Plus, you know, now that I think about it, Peter, Andrew, uh, James, and John were all fishermen, mm-hmm. so they probably would have been used to just oh, some yeah. weird, funky smells. Fish smells, yeah. So it probably would not have bothered them that much. But underwater, the fish don't stink. It's true, but you are a fisherman, <laughs> which means hopefully, if you're good at what you do, you're bringing fish in. Which means eventually you got to sell them, and they go to a fish market, and that's where the smell comes. Oh yeah, because yeah, they, once they've been there Oof. a little bit too long, yeah, they probably just bathe with like fish scales. <laughs> yeah, the skin of a fish. You just grab, it and rub it down like a, uh, like a exfoliating yeah. pad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why it. they were so tough back then. You can't break it. the skin. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. They didn't have to worry about dry, uh, you know. Hard water scales. Mm-hmm. They they use real, actual scales. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. Well, and oh my goodness, what well, wouldn't too much longer after that? Because oils were used uh, on a regular oh, basis yeah. to 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 break the the dirt and grime off off of the body. Yeah. Uh, olive oil was a big one. Fish yeah. Oil. Well, and fragrant yeah. fragrant oils, and I mean, not just like like obviously we know when uh, Jesus was buried in the tomb. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea, um, and is it Nicodemus? I think it's Nicodemus. They, like, help prepare his body, and, and, you know, they would have used certain oils and stuff like that. And then after, uh, when when the women go to the tomb that Sunday morning, they're going with fragrances. They're going with things that they want to help prepare the body because of the short amount of time that they would have Mm -hmm. had that Friday night because of Shabbat. So, yeah. So, I mean, and they probably would have used those more than just in that specific sense, right? Yeah, there was nothing new under the sun. So they had something, I would assume, at least oh, like yeah. rose water or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's pretty common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a conversation. But You're welcome. It's just, That's great. <laughs> yeah, I love it's it. It's for your entertainment. Value. I love it. It's just, it's, it's, just think of, it's just the things to think about, like, cause, like I said, because of Jesus being a yeah. uh, man. You know, also, so like, yes, he was God manifested in the flesh. So being that he was flesh, he, you know, he had flesh things that he did, which would have yeah. been, been, you he know, had flesh yeah. things, passing gas, passing gas, burping. I was, well. you know, it's interesting too, because like <laughs> passing gas, stuff like that is, uh, it is a byproduct of eating like a high protein diet, right? They would have, they ate a lot oh of, my, f- they would have been just fish and stuff like that. Them. So I wonder if, you know. They were gas-powered. Then again, <laughs> then again. The Holy Spirit is gas-powered. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus knowing, you know, having the knowledge of his father, right? He probably would have had an innate knowledge of knowing, like, what would have been healthy for him to eat, mm. what amount of things would have been healthy for him to eat. Of course, one of his things that he talks about a lot is, like, overindulgence and things, like, in different in different ways, like, he talks about drunkenness and things like that. He doesn't. He doesn't condemn drinking alcohol. He condemns drunkenness. Drunkenness, which is you know, the the. Uh, well, I mean, we all know what 
gluttony. Yeah, gluttony. yeah, gl- yeah, things like just overindulging yourself in certain things, you know. Selfishness. Well, anything yeah. into gluttony is, is bad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If they ate so much fish, I bet they had great skin and like oh, great hair. Nice hair. A lot yeah. of vitamin E. Yeah. A lot of oh omega gosh. omega threes. Yeah. And yeah. Really, they probably were, you know, funny enough, they probably were a fairly highly intelligent people. Because if you think about what they built. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a very. That's a very valid point. I, I like where you well, I like where all those you're going amino acids that. too that would have would have right. gone right into their uh, cerebellum too. <laughs> yeah, and they and they lived a very active lifestyle. Right, you had to walk everywhere. You didn't have cars. Uh, if you were lucky, you yeah, might you went have had a horse. Um, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then uh, you know they a lot of them were farmers or fishermen or just had very active physical physical yeah. jobs and stuff. You know. I can imagine that they were probably a pretty lean people too. Like just, I mean, Jesus's dad, Joseph was a carpenter yeah, and that's, that's a tough job, you know, especially what I've understood about like that culture. It's like shepherds were like the lowest of the low when it came to like the like socioeconomic. Um, But I don't think carpenters were very highly esteemed either but they did a lot of different kinds of work. Like, like I guess, um, and this, again, this is not something I've researched, so it's, it's a lot of, like, hearsay, but um, I guess, like, the idea of a carpenter was more of, like, an artisan or, like, a craftsman, mm-hmm. more than just, like, he only worked in wood, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, like but I, I have that. always been, I will say on that point, uh, I have always been um, delighted to know that uh, Jesus, the Son of God, obviously the Son of the Creator, his earthly father was a crafter, and just how like I just I have always felt Symbolism like yeah that that is you know that's not a coincidence like that's just a cool a cool thing to think about. And there is something calming about woodworking, like yeah, e- even if you're terrible at it. Yes. Yep. A different kind of potter. Just yeah. doing stuff with, I think, just doing stuff with your hands, like being, being crafty, and yeah, like like you said, doing working pottery mm-hmm. or, uh, or for know. some of them out there, it's gluing googly eyes onto things. Right, absolutely. That's just fun. <laughs> That's just fun. That's good fun. I wonder if they had anything like googly eyes back then. <laughs> I don't mean googly eyes specifically, but I mean like something silly. You know what I mean? I wonder what the inside jokes were and stuff like that. Like, those are all (laughs) things that I think about. These are the hard-hitting questions that truly, (laughs) truly focus I don't know why, but I just imagine the the fish that Jesus multiplied, Uh but they all have googly eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that idea. That's it. You know what? And that that reminds me of a, a video that I saw the other day. These two ladies were were arguing over uh, uh, the, the or, or over the fish that uh, Jesus had multiplied. The one lady said, "Well, you know, they they had they had it fried. It was hot." And the other lady says, "No, it wasn't fried. They had sushi. They had raw had raw fish. It doesn't say anything about it. Jesus cooking it up yeah, in oil." Yeah. And I was like, "She's right." Like, cause I guess like when I was a kid, I always imagined like, oh, thinking about fish, I was thinking like Long John Silver's type of fish. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It caught in the, yeah. it's in the batter, you know, Jesus, <laughs> you get some fryer. crispies on the side. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> These would have been, you know. It probably would have been raw. 
What's interesting, though, about fish is you can actually eat most fish right out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's an acquired taste. Well, I mean, it's sushi. <laughs> yeah, but it's still wriggling. <laughs> I mean, that is true. <laughs> that is that is true. That'd, now, be, that'd be a tough acquired to taste to scale. So... <laughs> <laughs> So what what I also find interesting is that that's also probably why they I wouldn't fin it very good. What? Fin it very good. Fine. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I wonder if that's why one of the one of, you know, one of the um food laws like kosher laws, that's what I was trying to think of. One of the kosher laws is that um there's only certain kinds of fish you can eat because you wouldn't want to eat a catfish. Because they're a bottom feeder, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, like carp and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to eat something like that. You'd really want to cook that well, so that you're not dealing with parasites or something like that. But like fish, like mackerel, sar- even like sardines, tuna, stuff like that. Ocean like fish. that's literally like fish. You can once you once you butcher it. I mean, it's pretty much ready to go. I mean, basically well, well, salted already. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it's true. <laughs> that is true. Just dip it. <laughs> And the and the hummus, <laughs> put the put the sardines in the hummus. Yeah, man. and <laughs> push them in the water there a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh! And good fish. So. That's it. That's Coming it. next month, biblical cuisine. Uh, that's a good cookbook. <laughs> well, that's a good cookbook. We'll see if we can schedule. <laughs> Faith, family, and politics cookbook. It's nothing but old. <laughs> Recipes from two thousand years grab ago. Grab fish. Just grab eat fish. fish. That's the eat front it. part. That's the front part. Of, <laughs> front part of the book. It's two pages. That's, that's, it. a, that's the front part of the book. The back part part of the book would be my wife's recipes, which then you know that's that's some soul food there. there that's good go. stuff. That's deep, go. as deep fried and <laughs> FFP. Yeah. Good, well, good food. Yeah. Thousand pages. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Takes like six people to open it. Yeah. <laughs> I would enjoy it. Four different keys you have to use in the market. This is an avenue we needed to, to explore. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. I love it. How far off the beaten path are we now, Laura? Pretty far. <laughs> oh, an hour and 20 minutes. That's a that's a way off the Speaking beaten path of there. Speaking of something. Yeah. Corruption. There we go. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just go back to that. There you go. Thank you for the segue, Sterling. Uh, well, you are the man. Now, if I can just get the internet to pull up on my... Ah, uh, interwebs. iPad. So it's thinking about it. <laughs> so sticky. The interwebs. That's what the next Spider-Man movie should be called. Spider-Man into the interwebs. <laughs> It'd be like Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> I would Great. watch that. A remake. Yeah. Oh, I would too. Just because the I name Spider Man's on Spider Man, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, could, they could put Spider Man on a on a dog turd and I'd be like, oh look, <laughs> I paid twelve dollars to see this. Look at me climbing. That's it. That's it. Look at him, he's climbing. Jenny's like, Ugh. You disgust me. In her German. So. Speaking of disgusting things, Ooh, coming from Newsmax this week. Which Newsmax is cool. Oh, okay. It's the it's the the topic in the article. Representative Comer. Uh, to Newsmax, Hunter Biden to testify by December 4th. Hunter Biden will testify before the House Oversight and uh, Accountability Committee by December 4th. Chair James uh, uh, Comer 
a Republican from Kentucky, told Newsmax on Thursday. Comer last week subpoenaed the first son of the other Biden uh, of the other family members and associates of President Joe Biden as the committee investigates alleged influence peddling. Uh, Comer was asked when he expected to see Hunter Biden appear before the House panel. Quote, we said by December 4th, and we expect to have him here on Capitol Hill December 4th or earlier. Uh, Comer uh, said on Wake Up America, now we uh, we haven't heard from his attorney, but obviously we know they have received the subpoena because what, uh, what do they do just days later? They subpoena former President Donald J. Trump in Hunter Biden's federal gun case. <laughs> it's Kill like him here, Josh. Kill him. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, he says they're they're always going to try to blame it on Trump. Seems like there's a pattern here. It's true. Uh, somehow the money uh, they've taken from China and Romania, China. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're ready to bring Hunter Biden because uh, we have the uh, bank records and we can connect the dots. Among the people subpoenaed to appear before the committee is entertainment lawyer Kevin Morris, who allegedly loaned Hunter Biden millions of dollars to pay back taxes. Quote, this Kevin Morris, the newest person uh, that we're bringing into question, he's loaned Hunter millions of dollars to pay his IRS back taxes to, uh, uh, to pay. And we believe he has a great deal of knowledge about an ongoing in, uh, input peddling scheme that's taking place as we speak while Joe Biden's president. Comer said the oversight committee obtained financial records that Comer said uh, showed the Biden family set up more than 20 shell companies, most of them which were uh, created when Joe Biden was vice president under President Barack Obama in a concerted effort to hide payments from foreign adversaries. Quote, just imagine the last three transactions that we found, which uh, total half a million dollars, the Biden White House, and they were all three. Uh, from three different sources. Comer said, now uh, that we have a majority of the bank records uh, of of the president's son and brother, Jim, uh, I can tell you they're just uh, any enormous amount of what they uh, call loans being deposited in their account. But one thing, anything, they're calling them all loans. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, But one thing I haven't found is where they make payments on the loans, much less interest on the loan. So I don't believe that money that Joe Biden received from his brother was a loan, but because the media is saying that then the, uh, that's the final verdict, I guess. But at the end of the day, the money to repay Joe's loan came from influence peddling. He's essentially using his position in government to gain finances. It's not illegal to set up shell companies when you're the vice president. <laughs> it's just it's just illegal to use all that money for things when you are the president. Yeah, it, well, and, and, and get uh, <laughs> foreign dignitaries fired yeah. because your son is on the board of yeah. a, a particular business that they happen to be doing business yeah. with. Um, and Joe Biden is on tape saying that very thing happened. Yep. So... Uh, they don't even need testimony from him. They can just go back oh, yeah. and say, here's the tape. He confessed it himself yeah. while he was vice president. Um, I'm kind of curious <laughs> what your opinion is 
of why they're pushing so hard right now to get the Hunter Biden thing out of the way. I think, I think it's because um, they need to get that focus off of Joe because they want to start focusing on the candidate they, they intend to replace him with. And because of all these scandals that Joe Biden currently finds himself in, um, and more and more things surface up every single day, yeah. um, the news cycle continues to be putting him in the spotlight. Okay. So uh, unlike the, the, the things that they've tried to pin on Trump over and over and over again, it's actually been Biden and uh, both Joe and uh, his son Hunter and his brother Jim. Right. Um, they've been the ones doing all the same, the very same things that they've said that right. Trump's been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's misdirection, right? Yeah. yeah. If I show if I show you the card over here, then really I can pull the card out from over here, and you never know what's going on. Well, and I'm also certain that. Joe Biden wouldn't know what a perfect phone call looked like if it bit him in the yeah nose. Thank you. Right in the old schnoz. You know, but I don't. I don't think enough people are getting bit in the nose nowadays. No, uh, but I do think that Hunter Biden. <laughs> that is true, yeah. uh, but I do think that Hunter Biden coming in. Uh, hope, hopefully, it actually happens. Yeah, because you know it's, a subpoena can go out, but what if he just decides he's not going to go? Just well, like any other illegal alien, yeah. Well, just doesn't go. My thing is, he'll be conveniently away on business somewhere. What? So, this case is on. Is it? Is it? Uh, it involves Hunter, does it not? Yes. So then, wouldn't he technically be court ordered to have to appear for it? Yeah, well, that's what the, the subpoena is for, and it's also it right. also has to do with um, his father's use usage of um, uh, his uh, position, right, in government. So there's 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 two there's actually layers of things going on there. So yeah, like an onion. Yes. Uh, like an onion. Yeah. You know what else has layers like an onion? Cake. I was gonna say ogres, but yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> ogres have layers. Um, Speaking of ogres, yeah. Well, while, while we're peeling back the the layers <laughs> of onion, uh, smelly, 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 rotten onion. Yeah. Uh, coming from the Washington Examiner, we have the White House downplays diplomatic tremors caused by Biden's dictator comment. Because uh, so actually uh, earlier this week, uh, if you guys don't know, uh, Xi Jinping came to visit. Uh, Joe Biden in San Francisco of all places. Yeah. All places. Yeah. It's yeah. like if you wanted to come to America, let's go where you're gonna literally stand on piles of poo. Um yep. <laughs> I thought they put uh outhouses in there though. Uh no, the bureaucracy got in the way and it was actually gonna cost some like uh, millions of dollars to put in one porta potty. Oh. Yeah. But they did they did send out cleaning crews. And Gavin Newsom uh, actually put out a statement. Uh, you might think that we went through and cleaned up uh, uh, the the city just because uh, we had some Chinese dignitaries coming here, and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, it's like, oh, you care nothing about your constituents. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But uh, in the Washington Examiner, the, the, the White House is dismissing the idea President Joe Biden undermined uh, his own uh, diplomacy with Chinese President Xi Jinping by defending his earlier description uh, of him as a dictator. The president comes uh, away from the meeting yesterday feeling very good about the content uh, of discussions over the course of f- four hours. How did he make it four hours? There's no way. He, he was in he had he an was aide. He must have had an aide. Napping for at least yeah. three quarters of that. And the progress that we were able to make on some very significant fronts. National Security Spokesman John Kirby told reporters Thursday, liar. Uh, Kirby cited, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, res- uh, resumption of military to military uh, communication as one achievement. In addition to commitments to uh, counter fentanyl production and export uh, exportation through law enforcement and to cooperate on artificial intelligence. How are we going to police uh, uh, them sending over fentanyl? How are we going to, st- I mean, they, they can say all day, yeah, we're committed to that and then go home and not do it. Or under the table. Yeah. Uh, how do we, like, um, the, we're, well, it's we're, easy. They run it through the not country Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask John Cena. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then as far as AI goes, I, I don't think that they're going to comply on that either. I think yeah. it's just empty words. Um, it's a big thing right now. I mean, didn't he Biden pass the AI bill thing too or whatever here recently? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yep. It's getting, because they have to, has to have certain parameters, mm-hmm. his parameters. Um, right. So it's going to go, uh, anyway, <laughs> it's falling downstairs. It? it can't ride a bike either. Uh, <laughs> he did not answer questions regarding whether China, uh, shared with uh, the U S the circumstances under which it would intervene in Taiwan. Uh, it's, I won't, I won't speak for president, uh, Xi. I can't do that, but certainly the issues around the, uh, Taiwan Strait came up from president Biden made it very clear as he made it clear to all of you last night, he made it clear to President Xi that we don't seek conflict, Kirby said. We were pursuing peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. That's what we wanted uh, and still want. He added, there's no change to our one China policy that uh, we don't support independence for Taiwan, but that we will, in accordance with Taiwan uh, Relations Act, uh, continue to provide self-defense capabilities to, to to Taiwan. So it's like, so proxy war, maybe? Mm. Um, and again, made the point that we don't want to see the status quo changed in any sort of unilateral way, and certainly not by force. So you're stopping China, but you're not stopping China? Way to put your foot down. Mm. Very passive. No, please, no. Stop, guys. Stop. Guys. 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 Follow them all across. Guys. You, I'm going to put you in timeout if you keep doing this. It makes me think of the scene in the uh, the movie uh, uh, Austin Powers where the guy's like, no, and the steamroller's like 50 feet away. Yeah, is that Will Ferrell? Uh, No, it was uh, was a fellow from Mad TV. I can't think of the the actor's name, but... uh, yeah, also a very funny guy. But uh, meanwhile, Chinese Foreign uh, Minister Spokeswoman Mao Ning, uh, M-A-O-N-I-N-G, that's that's the name, uh, has criticized Biden's dictator comment as extremely wrong. 
streaming Wong, um, and it is irresistible political wow. manipulation. <laughs> we can't take Josh anywhere. Nowhere. Nowhere. Uh, it should be pointed out that there will always be some people with uh, ulterior motives who attempt to incite and damage U.S.-China relations. They are doomed to fail, she said. You know, uh, I... <laughs> is it even worth it? Is he not a dictator? <laughs> I mean, I know he's not. He's an elected official. You can't say that while he's in the room. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, unless you're Trump. That dictator's you're actually really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's what Trump had, uh, you know, had done when when he uh, he went he went to North Korea. He was in the yeah. room with uh, Little Rocket Kim, Man, Kim Jong Un. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still one of my. I'm not even joking you. Still one of my favorite moments of his presidency. The fact that he like shook that man's hand and that they actually sat down and talked is incredible to me. That is incredible to me. Yeah, while he's there, he's like, oh, he's a very smart guy. You know, he's yeah. a very nice guy. Gets back here, he's like, Little Rocket Man. Yeah. <laughs> Little Rocket Man. <laughs> I mean, immediately went yeah. to insulting him as soon as he was back on US. So, Little Rocket Man. <laughs> That's all right. But. I feel like sometimes you got to razz somebody a little bit. You know, got to give them a little bit of. It's like camaraderie. Yeah. I just don't I think, think that. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you work at like a, uh, like a mechanic shop, right? You're always messing with each other. Right, you go to work. Yeah. You got buddies you work with. Oh yeah, everybody's got to have inside jokes and stuff. Like, mm. I feel like politicians are just too tightly wound. I'm like, you know, if you guys maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> like a little wind up toy. Yeah, at least it works. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is the worst? <laughs> well, he said works, but yeah, but yeah, whatever. What is the worst? Josh? <laughs> I'm partially worst. deaf. Give me, give me some, <laughs> give me some breaks here. Uh, but you know what is the worst, though? Seriously, this story that had to come from the Post Millennial. Uh, Bud Light paid 185000 $185, dollars to Dylan Mulvaney for a disastrous marketing campaign. Uh, disastrous to say the least. Uh, Steven Crowder uh, revealed on Louder with Crowder on Thursday that beer brand Bud Light paid trans t- uh, TikTok influencer, that is a tongue twister, D- uh, Dylan Mulvaney $185,000 for a marketing campaign. That campaign cost the company millions of dollars as beer drinkers revolted against the ad campaign and yeah. took their dollars elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, this is an exclusive that uh, was sent to us and we uh, and we identified Crowder said, bringing up a financial document showing that Mulvaney was paid one hundred eighty five thousand dollars. Crowder surmised that with the numbers like with numbers like those, Bud Light had likely been planning to consider the marketing par- partnership. Uh, Bud Light lost some three hundred ninety million dollars. That's crazy in the marketing disaster and six billion in lost value. The chief marketing officer was forced to step down amid the controversy and heavy losses. The brand was forced to spend heavily and new marketing that, that did not feature trans influencers in an attempt to fix the beer's image. Little puppies. <laughs> they, they brought back the horses and tried to like, they, they had uh, people did passing they? out beer at like a 4th of July type party yeah. and uh, tailgating and stuff. But you know, it just didn't work. Um, I mean, 
<laughs> when you show your true colors. Rainbow colors. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I think that was pink and blue and yellow, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I don't remember. They're all different now. Uh, and, but Mulvaney posed with the beer on his TikTok page while wearing pearls and a tiara. Surprise, Mulvaney even drank the beer while reclining in the tub. Um, the backlash <laughs> going to get sick. was swift <laughs> and, and furious as drinkers abandoned the beers in, in droves and turned to other brands. For, uh, for his part, Mulvaney then posted videos and engaged in, uh, interviewers uh, talking about how painful it was to be the target of vitriol. Mulvaney was, uh, had recently won Woman of the Year. How do you do that? Uh, uh, award from a gay magazine. Oh, that explains it. Uh, in the UK, and <laughs> has many other partnerships with KitchenAid, Kate Spade, and cosmetics brands among them. Uh, so, what got those? Yeah, uh, Mulvaney, uh, who captured to uh, capulated to stardom. Josh can't read today for documenting his tra- uh, transition to quote girlhood on TikTok became the face of many brands on- only for conservatives to run screaming for those brand from those brands. Bud Light, however, was the biggest loser. Yep, and not in a good way. Nope, not in a good way. A third of a billion dollars. <laughs> That's insane. That could buy a lot of anything. Whatever you yeah. wanted, like it, all that money would have been they would have been better off just handing a million dollars to every person in the United States. And then just said, This is from Bud Light. Yeah. Now please drink <laughs> now please drink our beer. Please drink our beer. <laughs> like it would have been the equivalent. It would have been the equivalent. People like me would have been like, you know. Bud Light's not those, so bad. Those Bud Light guys, man, they gave me a million bucks. <laughs> I think I think I might. Yeah, I you might could probably up. give free beer away for like a while, ten years, <laughs> and not hit three hundred million dollars in loss. <laughs> I have no idea how, That's insane. how much they, well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's some people out there. It's true. Like, We're Vir- stockpiling. You got Virginia. You got Virginia. <laughs> <You got> Virginia. <laughs> Virginia is nothing but Bud Light. Just, just Bud Light. Ap- just Appalachian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they ain't drinking it now. They're oh, using it to they, build the wall. They are running away from <laughs> it now. Keep them away. And as a matter of fact, they they couldn't give it away. They no. did try. They Bud Light did try to give away some yeah. beer and could not. No. And uh, I, I I think at one point like uh, the the large packs at, at, at our local Walmart I think was like as low as like two dollars and eighty five cents or so it was really insanely low. Talk about rollback. <laughs> yeah. No. Yep. They could not basically give it away. Yeah. Uh, think about your choices. Crazy. You should be thankful. Thankful that you live in a free country and thankful for this holiday coming up because you're going to have to deal with not seeing us. For two weeks, we'll be, no. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we're actually gonna come back. So that's why this episode's gonna run has ran a little long. We allowed it, allowed it to happen because you're gonna miss us. I know you will. So you'll just watch this one on repeat. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Seven hundred and fifty six times, please, <laughs> and share. Friends. Tell your friends because sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Follow la la la. The guy who just went follow la la la. <laughs> that's me. He's the perfect producer. It's not true. Sterling Metcalf Allen. And there, there's his name. Thank you for joining us, sir. Absolutely, Josh. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 
hopefully we had a, you know, it was informative and I know it was informative to me. So thanks for letting me be a part of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And <laughs> thanks for letting me be a part of it. So happy Bueller. This show is incredible. <laughs> Bueller. Push the like button. <laughs> so robotic. Yep. <laughs> Next to him, we got the guy who brought the message. Don, the golden voice, martyr. Yeah. Man, thank you so much for having me. I, uh, first of all, I love, love you, coming on and hanging out <laughs> uh, and talking. Uh, I think this is probably one of the most fun shows that we've done because of just wherever the conversation went, but it was a good time. Uh, and I'm, I'm just saying, like, we're getting in deep. This is some really cool stuff. So... Starting we'll to swim with the fishes. That's it. That's, <laughs> right. That's uh, yeah. But he cheered for you like you were like a new kid on the block, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've been your host, Joshua Cummins, reminding you to be thankful and stay in trouble. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Deuces. Bye for now. Bye bye.